This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Have you ever been desperate for winter to end? If you live in a colder climate, then you probably look forward to the time every year when you can finally ditch that pesky winter puffer and spend more time outside. If this is you, then you'll be glad to know that scientists predict this shift to happen earlier each year. Instead of waiting until mid-March for spring, it's now expected to hit a couple weeks earlier, and the same goes for summer, too. This year in particular, in a lot of the eastern states in the United States, we saw a lot of that activity much earlier than we typically expect. And on average, when we look over the last couple of decades, though there is a lot of variability from one year to the next when these different events are occurring, there is an underlying trend toward earlier activity. That's Teresa Crimmins, director of the USA National Phenology Network and research professor in the School of Natural Resources and the Environment at the University of Arizona. Crimmins highlights that warmer temperatures brought on by climate change have triggered behavioral changes from countless plants and animal species. Although the idea of an earlier spring and summer may sound appealing, it can lead to disastrous consequences for wildlife. Because of the really mild winter that we experienced this year and the warm spring, hibernating animals came out of hibernation quite a bit earlier than what is normal. Up in Maine, both hedgehogs and bats emerged from hibernation something like four weeks earlier. And the concern there, as with so many of these activities when their timing gets disrupted, is that there may not be available food for those critters once they're out and about. They rely on other species to be active or present, you know, already leafing out or flowering or even fruiting by the time they emerge in order to be able to eat and carry on their lives. And it really can spell trouble for them because they should be rusting at that time. And instead, they are out and about and foraging for food. They are burning up the stored energy that they have. And it can really kind of set them back even going into spring when they are should be preparing for mating and other activities that are energy intensive. Shorter hibernation periods also increase the risk of conflict with humans. The longer animals, particularly bears, are out searching for food, the greater chance they come into contact with people. But animals aren't the only ones affected by shifting seasons. Plant species also suffer. One of the things that is concerning not only for ecology, but also for economics and for humans, is when crop species are impacted in this way. And plants like wild blueberries are among those that have shown some of the most largest advancements in the timing of their activity. In some cases, flowering four to six weeks earlier than they used to 150 years ago. And what that means is that they are at much greater risk than for subsequent damage by frost. One of the biggest consequences or biggest risks of putting on flowers earlier in the season is that the winter season may not be done yet, and we can still have cold snaps, even if we're having a whole lot of warmth early in the year. Cold snaps and other severe weather can kill key crops, which is a devastating blow for farmers and our food supply chain, 
ultimately driving up already high prices. The same goes for countless flowers and plant species that need to be pollinated to survive. If they bloom too early, pollinators like bees and hummingbirds can't get to them in time. According to an article published in Scientific American, this delay leads to species producing fewer seeds and, in the case of crops, fewer fruits. Additionally, an early opening of flowers also means an earlier pollen release. For those with seasonal allergies, this creates a longer, more severe season. One of the most direct ways that humans are experiencing these earlier starts to the season, and I heard this so much this season experiencing personally, is in earlier and a longer and a more intense allergy season. When we have a really warm spring, that is kind of prime conditions for plants that produce pollen that is problematic for us to grow. <laughs> they start growing earlier, meaning that there's pollen in the air earlier. And a lot of times it can lead to a longer growing season and sometimes even more pollen being produced in general. And so, yeah, this has been a pretty intense season in much of the country from what I've heard. With so many compounding negative effects to plants, animals, and even humans, you might be asking, what can we do to slow this phenomenon? Crimin says it all boils down to addressing the root of the problem, climate change. We're well into a period of rapid change on our planet, and we feel it. I think we feel it every day and from year to year in terms of intensifying extreme events climatologically and increased temperatures on average. And we're starting to see a lot of the consequences of that in terms of not only earlier and longer activity among plants and animals, but these kinds of mismatches where interacting species aren't necessarily doing their thing at the times where they should be in order to, to be having optimal conditions. The fundamental reason why we're seeing these changes is because of the increases in carbon dioxide in the atmosphere. And so to get to the real root of the problem, we need to address that first and foremost. And that's a massive undertaking for sure. It takes everyone on the planet to be cooperating along those lines. Many climate activists have long called on the government to reduce carbon emissions and enact stricter climate legislation. Although much of the responsibility falls on the political and corporate leaders, there are still ways for the average person to make a difference. There's so much we don't know. And for that very reason, the organization that I represent, the National Phenology Network, was established to track the timing of activity in plants and animals so that we can better understand how things are changing and how they may continue to change into the future and what the consequences might be. And so we run a program called Nature's Notebook, and anybody can use that program to document what they're seeing and when they're seeing activity in plants and animals. And so I invite anybody listening to check that out because that helps us have data and information to better understand how things are changing. In fact, she says that many of the examples on how earlier seasons have impacted wildlife come from observations people have logged in nature's notebook. Even if it seems insignificant, this tracking is crucial for scientists so they can get a better understanding of global warming in real time. Document what you're seeing happening in the plants and animals in your yard through a program like Nature's Notebook because that can help us understand even if we're not able to completely change the course of how the climate is changing, perhaps we can better understand species response and then use that information in adaptation or mitigation activities. To find out more about Teresa Crimmins and all our featured guests, visit viewpointsradio.org.
To download Nature's Notebook, visit your phone or tablet's app store. This story was written and produced by associate producer Grace Galanti. Our executive producer is Amira Zaveri. Studio production by Jason Dickey. I'm Marty Peterson. This segment is brought to you by Capital One. You don't need special gadgets to be a hero. With unlimited 1.5% cash back on every purchase, everywhere, the Capital One Quicksilver card makes you the hero of every purchase. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. Coming up next week. They have evolved to be able to interact with us in ways that they can tell us, I'm hungry or I want to get out of this room. Understanding the evolution of the furry felines we love. Then. They're not on the radar screen of teachers and parents because they're more dreamy. They seem oftentimes to get not in trouble as much. Gaining a better understanding of ADHD. I'm Marty Peterson. And I'm Gary Price. These stories in-depth on your public affairs magazine, Viewpoints. And that's Viewpoints for this week. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram to learn more about upcoming shows. And find a library of past programs on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. Plus, you'll always find previous segments and more information about our guests at viewpointsradio.org. Join us again next week for another edition of Viewpoints.